Listen, lady, you're capable, smart, and driven. Then why do you feel so overwhelmed? Hi, I'm Rithi Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, best-selling author, and former perfectionist. Okay, current, but working on it. I'm here to show rockstar professionals who are doing it all that you can have an amazing career, relationships, and life by taking control of your focus, habits, and goals. Join me for simple and motivating ways to squash overwhelm and reconnect with what matters most. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Real quick, if you happen to be listening to this the week this episode is actually released, which today is August 10th, then be sure to sign up for my free training, which starts on Thursday, August 12th. And even if you missed that first day, you can still sign up and I'll get that recording to you. It is called How Today's Busiest Working Moms Are Getting It All Done at Work and at Home With Less Stress. I'll be teaching you the four universal principles to getting out of the overwhelm and into control. It's filled with tips and strategies with you in mind, working mama, doing all the things for all the people all the time. So come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash training and get on that train right now. Okay, my ambitious lady friend, boss, manager, mom, wife, daughter, and all the other ways you tap into your awesomeness on a daily basis. Welcome to the Productivity on Purpose podcast. I have so much gratitude for you, for you being here. Thank you for your listening ear, and I do not take your valuable time for granted. In fact, I really do consider it a privilege. I have the privilege to work with and actually be here with you with lots of amazing, ambitious, professional women. And I really don't take the word privilege lightly. I am blown away by the women that I get to partner with. They are amazing, even though they typically can't see it for themselves. Typically, when we're working together, they're saying, you know, how much they can't get done and how on top of it they're not. And meanwhile, I'm looking at a different perspective and seeing how they're handling all the emotions in their home and all the crises at work and everything going on in their personal life and business and thinking, oh my gosh, you are a superstar rock star. But anyway, um, I love that I get to do that. And along the way, now that I've been at this biz thing for about a decade, I have become, I feel like, part therapist. Okay. Uh, By the way, if you are a therapist, know that I'm not, I'm saying this in a very casual, colloquial way. I don't actually believe I have any qualifications for being a therapist, nor am I trying to diminish you or your qualifications. I'm just saying, I get really close with my clients. I am all up in their business, right? We talk a lot about very personal things and and feelings and emotions that they probably don't are not even sharing with their closest, you know, friends or spouse or family members. So along the way of doing that for coach after coaching for so long and kind of teaching and motivating them about how to get more done with less stress or how to be more organized or how to create more systems or delegate more, I have definitely discovered and seen patterns of thoughts and beliefs. Right. So not only 
do I see it in them? Then I can also apply it to myself and I can think, oh my gosh, I can totally see this happening with me. But I feel like it's always easier to see something in other people. You know, is it like so easy to give advice, but not like take your own advice? It's so easy to see when a friend is in a terrible relationship or is being taken advantage of. But yet when it's happening to you, you know, that can go on for years without you really making a change. So likewise, because I get to work with all these amazing women, I start seeing these things and it's much more clear for me. And then I can start applying it for me, like to me, actually. So there are certain thoughts that I believe are just part of human nature. Otherwise, why would so many of us be thinking the same way, right? Why would so many driven, amazing women be thinking so many of these thoughts if it wasn't just part of who we are, like our natural being? I think it's partially like in our DNA or like down to like a cellular level or in our biology, you know, it's just like who we are as human beings. And one of these human nature thoughts that unfortunately leads us down a more challenging and difficult path on sometimes an everyday basis is that we tend to gravitate towards worst case scenarios. I believe it's just human nature. And here's the tricky thing. We do this even when we're envisioning best case scenarios. It is so trippy. It's so weird that we do this. And if you're thinking, okay, what um, what is this woman talking about right now? I promise I'm going to explain that in just a minute. What I mean by that when I say even when it's best case scenarios, somehow we're like having some negative connotation with it. But here's what happens. We play these crazy games in our head. And like I mentioned, I do this too all the time. I just, I just happen to be more aware of it now. So I can more easily call myself out on it and just move on with things already, right? I'm just a little, I'm more aware working with other women. So I am able to often have that thought or that belief, but choose to perform a different way and get out of my own way. This takes practice. This takes time. doesn't mean I still don't fall into these self-sabotaging thoughts, but I can get out of it a little bit easier. So what I'm really talking about is this idea of catastrophizing. Can you relate to this? It's like making a big deal out of things that shouldn't be. It's visualizing a worst case scenario. This is normal human behavior. But if you anticipate this type of thinking, then you start to normalize it. It just becomes the way that all of the projects or tasks or overwhelm or stressors, when they're coming down your way, when everything seems to be thrown at you, you begin to react in this worst case scenario, catastrophizing way more often because it becomes your new normal. So when your body and your brain starts looking at bigger items or things or projects or tasks, or sometimes even the smaller ones, right? You're like, I see this pile of paper or this pile of bills and I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to procrastinate on it. I don't want to, you know, it just, it's such a big deal in my head or I want to organize this one drawer and it's just, it's just turned into this giant project, right? You unfortunately start anticipating that as normal. And it's like, this was previously intimidating at one point. So I'm going to continue to be thinking about it that way, even though in reality, at one point, you were able to get over the hump, deal with it, put it behind you. We're still holding on to that worst case scenario kind of feeling. Okay, but here's the good news. We've actually normalized 
best case scenario, or we've actually gotten to a point where we have taken action and gotten over the hump a thousand times in our lives, a thousand times, right? From the first time you drove to, or drove up your car the first time, or the first interview you had, or the first time you launched a campaign, or to your first kiss, or, you know, the first time you had sex, the first time, maybe even the first few times of any action, it seems enormous. It seems like the weight of the world. You feel so nervous about it. And it can seem really challenging, overwhelming, and stressful, and anxiety-ridden. I see this right now with my son. He he just got his learner's permit. And I gave him his first driving lesson just last week. And I could tell, like, he thought it was going to be so easy, but he was nervous. He was, like, gripping with both both hands on the steering wheel. And the brakes and the uh, gas were going much harder than he thought. You know, and it's just like, I could tell the nervousness. But what was so interesting, instead of me thinking, oh, you know, poor guy, how's he ever going to learn? I went back to my past experience with my older son thinking, oh, I remember when he was just like this a year ago and how nervous or maybe how uncomfortable he seemed. And now he's so comfortable. He drives hours away, drives on the highway, picks up everybody, does everything. And I was thinking, wow, just in a few months from now, that's what it's going to be like for my younger son. Even though he's nervous today, eventually the reptilian brain will set in and it's going to normalize things. So the good news is we do this positively all the time. We have experiences, we're nervous about it, and over time it kind of becomes routine or rote or systematic, and we don't catastrophize it, right? They just become part of our daily habit. Yet, we don't apply this this type of process, I guess, of processing to our everyday stressors, right? Like when your day is completely thrown off, or when you're facing a huge deadline, or you have all these projects or these tasks that are lingering over you, they're totally stressing you out. And again, I said, sometimes it's a small, and I mean a really small task in the grand scheme of life, like tackling that pile or you know, just responding to a specific email or phone call. It's not that grand, but for some reason, our brain goes to this like, you know, enormity of it. And although we know through experience, we are totally capable of tackling it. Lady, you are, right? You've done it a hundred times or even five times or one time. You've done it before or something similar to it. It doesn't mean the exact same project or the exact same task, but something to that same weight and gravity. You have handled it before and you've come through with fine colors. You've been all fine. But our worst case scenario craziness sets in and we make it out to be something so enormous or so overwhelming and catastrophize on how long it's going to take or how exhausting it's going to be or how many resources I need or how I'm never going to figure this out or how I don't have the time, right? And it's like, I, we just go there. So this recently happened to me, well, but it's been about six months now. I got this crazy bill, it's something from the IRS about my taxes from 2018. Okay, three years ago, there were my business one, something was messed up, there was something we didn't pay right, and had this big fat penalty. And I just didn't even know where to begin because all I was thinking was, oh my Lord, I'm gonna need all the backup and I need the expenses and I need to find all the donations and where's all like my backup stuff from three years ago? Do I still have my bank statements? Do I have to call the bank? Everything's online now, how do I get it? Should I track down my accountant? Like, when will I deal with this monstrosity? All this stuff was in my head. I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. 
And then, of course, I start going down this road of this is totally going to impact my business. I may as well just like cancel our vacation right now. This is going to take so much out of me and that's going to like strip me of so much like time and money and energy. And like this anxiety would be running through my mind at like 348 a.m. when I'd wake up thinking about it, weighing me down every morning and like lurking on me throughout the day. But like I couldn't get myself to touch it. Finally, and I do mean finally, weeks later, I mustered up the courage to start making sense of this beast. So I type in the URL, you know, get the paper out and I click through the few of the prompts. It's asking, you know, your business, your name, all the regular stuff. And I'm directed to the payment page. And that's it. Wait, what? No, seriously. It was like, put in your credit card and pay the damn penalty, whatever else you owe. And that was the end of it. That was it. It's like all that stood between me and my grueling tax nightmare was my credit card number and a freaking submit button. And it was done. Like weeks of agonizing were completely behind me in about four minutes, my friend. So can you relate? If so, then you are all too familiar with catastrophizing, just making things bigger deal in our heads than they are in real life. So if you're spending a lot of time fretting over impending doom, um, this can happen from, you know, fielding a customer service call to paying a bill. And sometimes, yes, sometimes the consequence is a doozy. I'm not going to pretend like, oh my gosh, everything's so easy. Like I just have to press the submit button and put in my credit card number. Sometimes it does become a big freaking ordeal, right? But often, oftentimes, I wish I had a stat, like eight out of 10 times. I don't, but I just know that through experience, you're working with hundreds of women, things aren't as bad or as big of a deal as we make them out to be. Am I right? All right. So what do we do about this? So instead of getting stressed out and overwhelmed what by like what might be in store from you, possibly, simply going to take two steps, two steps, two actions. The first one is what I kind of mentioned earlier is that we have to be aware of what's going on. We have to be aware that this is happening, that I'm catastrophizing something and normalize that. Instead of normalizing that this is going to be my worst case scenario, now we're going to normalize that this is what's going on and it's okay. And I have like dealt with this before, right? Like I have conquered things before. I've had other stressful situations. I've had other overwhelming things happen to me. And now I'm going to normalize this feeling, right? So when you, when something is normal and it's anchored to who you are as a person on an emotional level, you can remain more consistent to that feeling instead of fleeting to another worst case scenario. So then your normal becomes something like, oh, I got this tax thing. It's no big deal. I'll handle it. I'll get it done. And boom, no drama, no overwhelm, no anticipating the worst. We're just normalizing that this is what's happening. And my feeling is going to be like something normal that I've done many, many times in different areas of my life. And I can just apply it to this situation. So again, that first step is awareness that we're going to normalize this. This is not going to be the big freaking deal. No big deal. I'll handle it. I'll get it done. No drama and overwhelm. Okay. But here's the thing. You cannot work against human nature. So you might be thinking right now, yeah, lady, that sounds really easy. But when it comes to the time, I can't do this. So I agree. We can't work against human nature. I just spent all this time telling you this is just our, our natural way of thinking. It's not going to happen, right? Biology and human nature is always going to win. So you have to work with it. 
Stop going upstream when your other emotions are going downstream. Partner up with it, my friend. So you work with it. You have to activate your awareness. The problem is we're not activating the awareness. We're not hand in hand. We're not like partnering up and saying, okay, I have this feeling. Now I need to work with it. Instead, you might be saying, thinking, oh, well, she said go against it. I'm going to go against it. And that doesn't work. Right. Instead, we want to rise up to the best version of yourself. And in order to do that, you have to activate your awareness. That is the only way you can normalize this experience and these feelings. Right. You have activated the feelings before you've experienced before. So you can't tap into that again. This is a really important, valuable asset that you have as a human being, but really, I mean, just as a a woman in growth, in power, in control is tapping into that awareness, activating it, and then making sort of that that like that change and working with the feelings that you have. So you're like, okay, been there, done that. I can handle this too. All right. So that's the first step. The second one is a more tangible one. So that first one is sort of like the emotional part, right? Because we were always thinking emotional, kind of just like feelings. And then there's just like the tangible, tactical, actually, here's the action step, you know, thing, physical thing to do. So that first we tap into emotionally because our emotions are going to drive our behaviors. So the second one is behavioral. The second step is to focus on the next step so you can figure out what's in store for you. Notice I didn't say focus on the next step so you can tackle the whole project. So it's all behind you. So you have no worries. No, we just want to start thinking about, you want to start thinking about what's actually down the pike. You can now tap into the feelings or the experiences that you've had before. Or you can continue to catastrophize how long something's going to take and how hard or painful it might be. Or, right, back to what we want to do. The first thing is take the next action. Come to terms with reality. And all I'm suggesting here, or actually highly recommending, is that you take that next immediate step. Break it down really small. So do the one thing. Take one step. Make a list. Create an outline. Send the text. Write a draft. Make the call. Ask a question. Just take one small, tangible next step step. This is how we build momentum. This is how we get ourselves out of catastrophizing. And again, by the way, I understand that even with the one next step after that, it might even feel still overwhelming, but you're taking the one next step after that and the one next baby step after that, right? This is what's going to help you do when you combine your mindset with a tangible actions. This is how you work with human nature and not against. This is how you go, you know, we're going upstream together, and not fighting it along the way. Okay, so in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that we tend to do this practice even with best case scenarios. So sometimes you're like, even if I'm not being negative, I'm thinking that something can go really well, we can somehow, I don't know why we do this, but we like throw it on its head and make it negative and like a a worst case scenario. So hear me out on this. Best case in many situations that things are gonna go really well. So for example, let's say you have something in your business, you're launching a new 
program or you know something at work and you're like, wow, this could be really amazing. What if I get these magnificent results, right? And everyone's signing up and I have, you know, so many people supporting me um, or you're like, I'm going to do something live online. And again, if it goes really well and I get all these, you know, comments or what if I actually write that book that I've been wanting to write and, um, you know, it blows up or it goes viral or what if I like actually get back to the painting? Like I love that hobby. Now I get back to it. And, um, you know, I love it and I want to spend more time on it, right? So that's kind of like best case. But then we creep into, but if all those good things happen, that means that I might have too much business. I don't have the resources. I might be too tired to do it. Where will I find the time to paint? Oh, wait, but then I can't hide anymore that this was something that's really meaningful for me. I have to actually put it out into the world and put myself out there. Um, what if I don't have the bandwidth for it? What if, like, and it's like all these things, right? We even take the best case and it somehow it spirals into, but I should probably not do this because as a result of the best case things happening, there could be some worst case scenarios attached to that. What? is wrong with us. Don't even know why we do it. But again, I'm just going to boil it down to human nature. All right. So uh, I just wanted to touch on that too, to think that, you know, don't think you're not doing this, even when sometimes we're self-sabotaging in ways we, ways we can't even like necessarily see, because you're like, oh no, but I am thinking best case, but that best case is then going to the worst case. So you know what to do now, right? I'm going to recap those two steps to overcome this. Number one, be aware of what's going on and normalize it. Tap into your past experience. Number two, focus on the next step so you can figure out what's in store for you and you build the momentum for the next step and the next step after that. In fact, my dear friend, I believe that this is a perfect inspired action for you this week. I always love to leave you with a challenge. So here it is. In the next 24 hours, while your momentum is high from hearing this episode, identify one task, one project, one thing in your life or at home or at work that you're catastrophizing. Lady, take control. Be in control. Don't let your worst case scenario thoughts get the best of you. Take the two steps, right? Be aware of what's going on and normalize it and focus on the next steps so you can figure out what's in store for you. I can't wait to hear from you. You know, you can find me all over and the life is organized. Um, but I also want to leave you with this last thing. If you've enjoyed this, if you're like this, she's speaking my language, then be sure to sign up for that free training. Lifeisorganized.com forward slash training. As always, my friend, you are the best for showing up here. And very, very, very lastly, by the way, if you love what you heard today or any other episode, it would mean the world to me if you left me a quick review on whatever platform you are listening in on. This is what helps me get found by other amazing women who could use some support too all around the world. As always, I thank you for your time, your loving vibes and positive energy and know that I am sending them right back your way. Here's to you, to me, to our commitment to productivity on purpose, and I will catch you next time. Bye-bye.